What up, everyone? Welcome again to the latest episodes from my mom's garage home theater edition, where we take a movie or TV show and throw it back to you, back full of spoilers, thoughts, and concerns, and a review at the end. As always, this is your host, Tony, with Nikki. Hello, my moviegoers. Hello, how's it going? Today, we're going to be breaking down uh, one of my cult favorites, a uh, new kind of ad- uh, installment to it. The Candyman, or in this case, the Candyman. Um, so this is kind of a new take on the movie as far as... Um, let me go into the story a little bit. It's just so you can go through the details of it. So, all right, so in this one, you go. we're going back to the same neighborhood where the original Candyman story, the original Candyman movie started, yeah. which is a Cabrini Green's um, uh, projects. In Chicago. Exactly. So, in, but we start off with an artist who is having kind of like a, a artist block. Like he hasn't created anything in two years. He doesn't, um, you know, he doesn't have a voice. He doesn't know what to do with, you know, with his as far as his art's concerned. So, after being told of a story, mind you, not the not the Candyman story, but a story of what happened to Cabrini Green. Decades ago, involving the original um, character, original um, person who was in the movie, um, I forgot um, her name was. Let's see if I get this for you, Helen. Helen, yes, and the original, yeah, Helen uh, was the original um, victim in a sense, but it was the original kind of person to take on the mantle. Yeah, because uh, and in the end of the original series, she had the hook and she was the one that would show up when you called her. You called her name. Yeah, when you called Helen. You say yeah, Helen yeah. in the mirror. You yeah, didn't yeah. say Candyman, you said Helen. So it's it's kind of like this legendary thing that apparently gets passed on. So um going into it, okay, so you get into it, this guy's trying to figure out what's going on. He goes and does research in the neighborhood. But the story that he gets he found one person who introduces him to this the story of the Candyman. Yeah. Um, but he introduces it in a different way because, he, as most people who are aware of Candyman know, the original um, Candyman was uh, Daniel um, Daniel Robitaille, right? Yeah. That story. So in this case, apparently there was another man who who garnished the title um, of Candyman back in the seventies. Yeah. And the guy who was telling the story was involved in the sense of he was a man who was falsely accused of putting razor blades in. In candy, and um, uh, and the cops came after him. And yeah. then when this, when he was a child, he identified him, and the cops basically just killed him, um, only because he was a very bizarre man who had a hook for a hand. Yeah. So, I'm um, going into it. So the, uh, the guy goes and does his research and finds out. And then, next thing you know, his artwork is all about the original lore, which is you say his name in the mirror. And he he appears. Yes. So that's when everything starts. That's when everything starts to happen, and you know people start to, to play the game or whatever and die from it, and you know get killed. So um, I'm trying to think about how I want to see this. How I'm seeing this movie. So just so because like I said, it's a spoilerful uh, tr- uh, thing. I want to go through the full details of it. So you know the movie. He basically finds out that. The, the two twists that appear in the movie are that he is a child that was saved in the original movie by Helen. Yes. 
So the child in the, the first movie that that was saved from the fire, who was going to be one of Candyman's victims, was him. And a sense that he was always meant to come back to play a role in the Candyman series. Yeah, in the saga. In the saga. And then the second part to it was that the the man who told him the story apparently was a henchman. Yeah. For um, not the original uh, Candyman, but the one who took the mantle after in the 70s. Um, I was a little confused on that part a little bit, only because... Well, I don't think he was a henchman. He basically, he, he was he was there to make sure that the the, the, the legacy continues. Yeah, but the, all right, so here's the, here's the way I perceived him. I perceived him because a lot of this movie was very heavily uh, uh, talking around, around the topic of gentrification in well, urban I communities. Think, I, okay. So, let me, damn, let me put it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm so... I felt that he used that, the Candyman lore, because he knew that it was real, to stop the production of that, to stop for the white people, quote unquote, air quotes, to take over their neighborhoods. So I guess if he instills fear of that this is going on in that neighborhood, nobody's going to go in there and try to take over and, and build up from it. I didn't see him as a henchman. I see. I saw him as... That he he knew was real, so he was he was more he he came out more of an erratic fan of it and and preserving whatever the area the neighborhood was at than a henchman like somebody was telling him to do it. That's how I, he came across to me. I don't know. Like I felt like his role was a little muttered for me because again, if that was his role, I felt like it should have been a little bit more cleared yeah. in a sense. Like I didn't hear him complain too much because one justification, it seemed like it was more of what was going on versus what actually perpetuated the story itself. Yeah. Because you know, it's not like him as an artist was, was talking about gentrification the whole time or anything like that. No, it, it was something you get that noticing because he's super huge, elaborate apartments in these like, what used to be run down bad neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, I felt like, yes, he, he perpetuated the story somehow, but I don't know to what end. Cause he wasn't going to live it. Cause he, he, like at the end of the movie, he, what did he do? He ate a candy with a blade in it, which that's mm. why I was trying to understand what his role. I feel like when they showed, when they showed him that apparently he just killed his sisters or whatever, right in the bathroom. Yeah. And it was this guy. I felt like because he felt guilty for basically turning him into the Candyman, that he basically became his henchman to need like which which was to keep the story of Candyman, Candyman alive, alive, right? So apparently he needed somebody who was going to go and put the story out there. So he needed a new person to take on the role of Candyman, and it just so happened to be Anthony McCoy. Which yeah, so I think that I I don't know which what break which came out full circle. Like it's for me, weird. okay, just go with me on this one. It's not to say that the, I don't I don't want the ghost part of it to be real, right? But it would have been more interesting as well if he made like he was one physically killing people. Yes, and then and then like making it like basically setting this guy up to be Candyman. Yes, I I was thinking that you know what's funny? I thought mm. that was gonna be it. I like, thought I thought that that. If if he uh, embodied the the image of Candyman, but just doing all the actions, but not being the face of it, and giving 
Anthony Mackie, Anthony McCoy's character uh, to be the fall guy, to be that that horror that because he's the one, the only he was the only person that connects all the deaths together, except for the one for the kids mm-hmm. in the high school that in the in the in the grad school that would have made sense. I the whole like, thing. Some of the murders, I wish one of the murders were more implied versus actually saying it. And later in the movie, it was more when he started to say that you saw him start showing up. Yeah. Um, I, I guess that's why it was a little muttered for me, which was, you know, who was real Candyman? How did this guy actually play a part in? Because apparently he never committed a single murder until after basically his death. Yeah. Um, so if he was going to take on the mantle of Candyman, that's why I was confused. Because he didn't really take that. Like, so like at the end, he really just killed um, killed a couple people, and then you saw him turn into um, the original guy. Yeah. So I don't know. Tony Todd's like, character. So I guess it's uh, people that they can still blame to be the Candyman. Yeah. That's what they need for the for the Lord to continue. They need they need a physical body, so people think it's real, but use it as a hoax, thinking it's. I don't. It's weird. I think that it came across as like they 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 wanted an actual physical person to be at fault for this, but they also wanted to have the lore that the the folklore. If you call him, he'll show up. He'll show up, even though he's like, oh, he's quote unquote handcuffed or put in prison. So I think that's what that would make sense if like every couple of years you just need to need to have somebody take on the mantle of it. Yeah, like Batman. Um, hmm? <laughs> like Batman. <laughs> I mean, but the one thing I the one thing I do miss from the original was in this one people just kind of said it arbitrarily, like joking around. Yeah. But I felt like the first one, the one thing that was always implied was because he always says, "Be my victim," right? That was his main quote. He always said that, "Be my victim." So it was almost like when you called him, it wasn't just to call him; it was like you were were a willing victim. Yeah. And I always said like it always sounded like people always. Would say his name, and then by the time of the end, they would just say it like they knew what was coming. Like yeah. they were being a willing victim to. They were hit. they were recognizing what the situation is going to become. Yeah, like they were recognize they were being a willing victim to. Yeah, to to the name calling. Yeah, to calling his name. But here's another thing that I've at knowing the the history of Candyman, it literally pretty much ignores the two sequels that follow it. Oh, this one, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so this is a direct sequel to the original. So if yeah. anybody is that loved the that enjoyed all three for some reason, I re- don't remember the, la- the I the thing is because I, re- I think I watched it, but I just don't remember it. The 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 flesh. I think the second one was like flesh. Uh, for, uh, farewell to the flesh, which I think that one follows a teacher that her dad was obsessed with Candyman. I they think it was because floor. they were somehow related. It was like her great grandfather or something like that. Yeah, because they found out that it was like in her bloodline. She was pregnant, so she had a baby, and that's following the bloodline of who. Yeah, and then the sequel. The was, only person that could kill him was a relative. Yeah, so then after that one was Day of the Dead, which followed the same character Anna, but was her daughter that was an adult, and and she she was trying to hide the fact of her lineage, her family lineage, and I guess she was like a business partner and. He started using that to perpetuate an art gallery or art studios or something regarding arts with it to push it through. I I, I enjoyed this movie. I, I really and, and you know, what's funny is that a lot of the things that you mentioned were some of the things I'm like, 
oh, it would have been good. It would have been good is if if the instead of that there was an actual ghost killing people, it was an actual person doing the killing in honor of him. But then eventually it took over. It right? took over. Like perpetuating the story, but then it took over. Like that would have been an interesting twist in the thing where because that that may, would make sense with what would happen in the movie. Like again, the whole point was they killed the story. They, yeah. Because there was no uh, remember even the mother said it to him like, but we all made the pat never to say his name again. And then you re- at that point was when you realize okay wait a minute then that means the guy who said it has something to do with it. Yeah. So. It would have been interesting if if they found out that he was actually going around. They made it look mysterious and everything, but he was actually going around killing people. And then when they finally caught him, then you just realize, you know, that he created enough of a buzz of the lore to, that, to bring it to life, to bring him back, to bring him back to life. It's almost. I feel like it's almost like it's like uh, Elf, the movie Elf. Is like if you believe in Santa, he'll come to life. <laughs> We no, just need, we just need enough magic. Well, like Freddy Krueger is the same thing. Freddy Krueger apparently could not in the J- Freddy versus Jason. He doesn't exist if you don't know who you know who he is. Yeah, so it's the same kind Talking of. Talking about Freddy and Jason, I was I was doing more research on the Candyman because of this movie. I'm like, oh, let me just think what other projects he was in. Mm-hmm. So you know how they did Freddy versus Jason? Yeah, they were supposed to do a Freddy. I mean, uh, Candyman versus Hellraiser movie. Yeah, but can't Hellraiser comes with a squad. So, so yeah. <laughs> so Pinhead comes with a squad. Comes with yeah, it definitely comes with the squad. But then yeah, it was yeah, it was yeah, Hellraiser versus Candyman, a crossover, but um Clive Barker didn't like that idea. So then they were trying to do like uh Candyman versus the Leprechaun. That's just insulting. And 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 Tony Todd said that. Tony Todd that's a, that would be a disrespect. To this character, yeah, to go into that movie like that, yeah. The so, Leprechaun. Those has are never... those are un, unproduced projects. I was I thought it was funny. Well, you know what I found out uh, that I didn't know. Uh, I found that existed, which I thought was crazy. It existed, yeah. Was that so? You know, Jay, uh, Freddy versus Jason, everything, right? However, I found out that apparently in Japan, I believe they made a similar movie of The Grudge versus The Ring. Yeah, and basically there was a competition to see who could kill the most people. Oh, I'm gonna have to find that and watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm gonna have to watch it. But, so yeah. yeah, it was again. It was an interesting movie. I do wish the artwork. Like, I love the artwork that he created after the fact. Oh, the all right. So yeah, the, so fa- the, the crazy messed up faces. Yeah. So then, but I didn't like any of the work that he did before that. I thought it was, it was like I wish that work was better. The the prior work. Yeah, I wish the mirror work was a little better. Like the mirror the, work was good. What do you mean the mirror work? No, I'm talking about like the no, di- I'm talking about the movie itself. The movie was beautiful. The movie, the way the movie was shot was gorgeous. All the scenes, everything. You talking about shot, the, his- I'm talking about the actual artwork he created prior to the show. Well, the sh- yeah, the one the he, one, did, the, the the one one he, he submitted to the show, I didn't like. The one he submitted to the show was a. Or so it was, was inside of the mirror. It wasn't. No, that one's. Yeah. The, prior to the show, it wasn't that one. Prior to the show was the one that he had one that it, it looks like cop hands crossing over. And there was like almost a uh, people of color that were like the hands were crossing over, like you know hand, hands. Oh, you talking about this, no, no, I'm, not the stuff that not the stuff that was on the wall when uh, the gallery? started. The one that he submitted to the gallery that started everything. 
That was amazing. I didn't like that. I loved it. All right, so I just, love the stuff just, that he just, created after that. Just to, just to give when you When he started idea. painting the faces of all the Candyman, the people that took over the Candyman role. Yeah. But it was all like messed up. That was beautiful. I thought that was, I loved that. But the but, actual work that he, it, that was inside that little, that was inside the mirror. Yeah. So, all right. So there was an, uh, in part of the movie that he is, Anthony McCoy's character is doing his first, one of a, of a, a art gallery show for his girlfriend's studio. And his his piece was uh, these three planes of mirror, and if you opened the mi- the middle one, it opened up into the storage room where he did uh, like a lot of chaos paintings of of uh, the the projects and gentrification and the ghetto and and everything that that follows that uh, police brutality, a lot of um, uh, current topics that are going around town. I want to say, and but he's using the lore of Candyman to to perpetuate it, and this is what caused the the ripple effect of everything that follows the movie. But at the end of the movie, he is so heavily invested, and you know what I think that's why it was so great mm. that it was it ended the way because he had like he did a rub uh, um, paintings, large panel paintings of what it was Tony Todd's character, all the iterations of Candyman. Like throughout. it was a mix of like their skull, their flesh. It was yeah, like, it was very um, yeah, it was very Clive Barker ish. Yeah, I liked how morbid painting. it was. Yeah, so and 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 I think that was that was a great um, I want to say not growth, but his 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 mind going into it that he's he's becoming it that at the first you know what it, how i see it as mm-hmm. is that if the first in uh, uh, the piece that he did for the gallery show was his interpretation of what he think it is mm-hmm. that's what he was like this is what i from what i learned this is what i think it is this is it, it. at the end of it this is like this is who it is this is what it is this is not my interpretation or, or what I think it is, it's it's the fact, actual fact of what it really is, and invested in. Because at the beginning, he didn't believe, and he thought it was a joke. At the end, he knew it was real, and the faces that came along with it. And that's why the last pieces were so. It 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 gave you like a visceral reaction to it. No, yeah, the second one, the the, the second one, the last pieces. Also, the other thing that uh, the other thing that was kind of like horrifying, which I wish it would have been more. I wish when every time he looked at his arm it was nasty, or it was right. Yeah. But I wish that when he looked at his arm, it was like the way he was at the end of the movie because it it became like a honeycomb, like yeah, like holification, like it was like that kind of stuff is visceral. It's there's a actual uh, percentage of people that are horrified by that image yeah. alone. But they only showed it at the very end, like his final stage. But they didn't show that that was what was going on to his arm and stuff throughout the movie. It was just like know, it was. It, it was, was like his like his arm was burning, but at the end, it looked like his whole arm was just a honeycomb. Yeah, for the small his his face is on his arm was all the honeycomb. That would have been horrifying to see. Yeah, I think they did it. I I liked the fact that they did it in that way that you saw the final. Outcome of it because if you would have done it, if they would have done it early, mm. then you're like, you know, where's it going? You know, that it's, it's already talking about bees and everything else, but 
because you're like, oh my god, it's a bad infection. And then at the top of it, it's like I was like, is it is in his mind that he's seen it that going mm-hmm. that bad that his mind is perpetuating this visual of this visual thing on his arm that's really happening, but it's just a bee sting and he's mentally breaking down that he he like he is he is um internally accepting everything that's going on mm. that everything that external is not really being affected by it. It's this in, internal response to seeing what it has visually seen outside of it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, maybe is a visual that he's seen that. Like I thought I, I was, I wasn't hoping, I don't want to say hoping, but I was, I, I was, I wouldn't have been disappointed that at the end of the, at the end of the movie, towards the end, he is, he is a, almost like a mummy. Like he's so hip, like he's hypnotized into the situation that he's in that um, he gets arm cut off, but you see it like it's all torn out, like honeycomb. I would have loved it that his arm was normal. Like his body was normal. It's just his internal thinking of what he his arm is looking like. So like all the stuff that... that he's all, manifesting in his mind. Well, that would have gone along with the story of... If the guy, if, if, if the guy was committing the murders. murders and bringing Candyman to life. Basically, that mind. that the bee that stung him was actually a drug, like a hallucinogen that made him think that he's going crazy when this guy is actually perpetuating everything for him and showing him the murders, like you know, and kind of convincing that he's doing it. Yeah, that would have been a really kind of interesting thing. But yeah, at the end, I mean, either way, once you get past that part of that little twist, um, the ending was awesome. It was like, yeah, wow, like where she was just like, can I see myself? Yeah, I was like, ooh, fuck, no, don't, please don't. Like, <laughs> I was like, she was like, oh, so you're going to try to scar him? Okay, cool. Like, she knew he was going to show up. Yeah. But uh, that's, what I, that's when I loved how the movie ended. Um, And what's so crazy is that his mom was the original girl, yeah, the original the, actress. The original actress. actress. And, yeah, so they, they, come, they crossed. There was a few that crossed over. Mm-hmm. Uh, in between, I'm trying to remember who. There was a. I know the mom did. They just had a picture of. They had a picture of Helen. Helen, yeah, she was there. Um, yeah. So the mom. Uh, the only two people. No, that that's it. Tony. No, Todd. And, and then and Tony, the the, the original Candyman. He yeah, was Tony uh, Todd. He was uh, CGI'd. CGI, yeah. CG, CGI, yeah. That was a great CGI. It was good facial feature. It was good. Um, it's funny because I saw him, there was a character, like the way they turned him into was interesting because there was a character like that in a TV show called The Magician, I think, where this person, his whole face was always covered with like bugs, mm-hmm. but it was almost like the bugs were lifting him up and that's how he was able to travel. He and just floated around yeah. with his face, with a head full of bugs. And that's what happened here. Yeah. But all right, I, before we get into our ratings, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Nia DaCosta that was did the directing mm-hmm. was great, and then she also co-wrote it with um, uh, what's his name, Jordan Peele and uh, Wynn Rosefeld that co-wrote it. And mm-hmm. Nia DaCosta is actually doing directing the Marvels. Pow pow, we're looking out for that one. But the cast was amazing. Ayala, uh, what's his name? I I'm horrible at pronouncing names. I'm sorry. I'm just letting say it now. Haya Abdul Mateen II and Tiana Paris mm. fucking killed it. I believed their relationship. I believed the intensity that he was going through and understanding and and like he was very I don't want to say pompous at the beginning, but he 
he he carried himself differently at the mm-hmm. beginning than towards the end and 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 and, and how like the characters withering away mm-hmm. and it played so well as like as each part of the story is progressing it's not like he's he, usually sometimes the horror movies they'll the character will flip so quick that you're like that's so out of character understand why but it's so out of character that it doesn't really seem it's that quick of a switch sometimes it's a slow not a slow burn but it's a gradual change of characters overlapping and then one takes over at a certain point that you're like i grew i went on this journey with this person even though this is a horror movie and it's very superficial at, at points but i love the character building i love the i love the Candyman lore i will never see it in front of a mirror because that scares the shit out of me but <laughs> Um, I did what like I loved was the actress who played his mom obviously was the original actress and everything. Like that. Yeah. And I know she was there just there because oh, she was the original actress in the cameo or whatever. But honestly, I think she had the most iconic uh, part. in the Oh, whole. don't say it. Like, well, the way she did it, the way she approached it, she goes, she just kind of clapped her hands in a very quiet. Like, I've seen that done. And I love that kind of just no, no, no. Like. I loved it. I loved that part. That part you could, you could feel that fear. You could feel that emotion. That, that's taboo. Like, like no, 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 no. You do not talk no. about that. No, you do not. Like she said it so quietly. Like, it's, uh, it's okay. Like, I loved it. I loved it. It that wasn't erratic. Was it wasn't just, overdone. It was just so subtle that you're like, ooh. It's just so like goosebumps. Creepy. Yeah. It kinda, oh, but it, I think that goes along with a lot of uh, 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 Jordan Peele's work, in a sense. Because obviously this is not Jordan Peele. He produced it, but... Jordan Peele, uh, since they remember the original um, the Get, Out. Get Out, where the lady just smiled. Yeah. And just, like, he has these weird little iconic scenes where they're, they're just super nuanced, but they're terrifying. And uh. I don't know if that was, this was, that was his influence or, or that just uh, coincidental, but it was, it was what stood out. And you, and, and you know how I knew this movie was going to be good? And 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 I, I, I learned it later on mm. was or oh, early on in the movie was the opening credits of the movie mm. because it was produced by um, Metro uh, Goldwyn Meyer, Braun Creative and Monkey Paw Productions. But if you see it, they're all in reverse. So they're the mirror version of what the the actual if you're reading it. Yeah, they're the mirror version. So I'm like. And this comes into me looking at movies and it's like, are we the viewers looking into the story? Are we in the story? Are we a reflection of what we're looking back at us because of it? Because if that that tells a lot of that takes a lot of thought process to know that your opening credits tell is already telling the story. It's not like this is the production company. Boom, movie. This is like the movie, the story, the concept is starting from like like the one that's fading in. Mm-hmm. So I was like, now I'm like, wait, why is it seen backwards? And I'm like, it's like a mirror version. I'm like, where is it? Where is this going into? Like your thought process into it? And I was like, they really thought this through when when doing that from the opening. And then I'm like, oh, it's just a reflection in the mirror. And you're like, are you the inside? Are you on the outside looking in? Are you the inside looking out? Are you a reflection of yourself looking back at you? And I was like, damn it, it was such good, so good. Um. So let me get into it. So the one thing I do wish, I mean, ultimately, I've obviously a lot, said a lot of peace about it. But the one thing I do wish, it was a little scarier. Honestly, 
It was a good movie, but it wasn't a scary movie. Yeah. I will not give it. I will not say it's a scary movie. It was a good movie. It but was not a good a scary movie. movie. It wasn't. It wasn't a full horror movie. It wasn't a scary movie yet. Yeah. Like uh, you know, it sounds weird for those. But I want as be much scary, as I loved a lot of points. I'm like, if, if you're like, how scary is it? Like, it's not that scary. It's more. It's more lore, history, world building. Yeah. Character. It's a good movie. It's a group movie overall. But if you're like looking for, oh, I want to see a scary movie tonight. I want to be scared this weekend. No. No, you're good with this. You're good with watching a good movie. So let's get into the Nikki. I give it three and a half Nikki's. I'm with you on that one. Three and a half Nikki's. We're, we're three and a half Nikki's. Three and a half Nikki's. Very good. Don't mind my love for the movie. I'm just, it, it, I was, I was hoping for more scariness. I don't uh, like jump, not jump scares, but more. The thing is, the original Candyman had a very similar, like had a greater lore. Uh, the visuals on this one were way better than anything oh, before yeah. that, but it was still scary. Like, I remember being scared of the original. Yeah, because of the suspense of it. The tense, the the intensity of the suspense it gave you in the, yeah. in the original. Mind you, if we look at it now, it would be laughable. But at the time, if you see it when it first came out, you're like, fuck. But yeah, so we give it three and a half Nickies for Candyman. You could watch it in Early Access Prime for about 20 bucks. Yep. But as always, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the latest episodes from my mom's Garage Home Theater edition. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at From My Mom's Garage or email us at fmmgpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, thoughts, or concerns, or let us know a movie you want us to review. As always, tell a friend, send a friend, bring a friend. See you next week. Later.